0: Welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have...
1: Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle.
2: I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren.
0: Welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we're going to be talking about how it takes a village, and that could be either within motherhood or just womanhood. And personally, I know that I always wanted to show how I could do things on my own. And if people offered help, I said, no, I can do it. Um, I think we even discussed once about, you know, men holding doors open for us. I'd, yeah, I'd even get somewhat offended with that. Like, I can open my own door. Thank you. You know, um, But there's a point where we do need help. And how do we accept that help and let down our pride and let God work through other people? to help us.
3: I think it's a really good point that it is, in fact, the Lord sending help to us. And I think if we would keep that in our minds and people do offer to help and realize that that could be Him sending someone to aid you or to help things feel more smooth for you or to lift a burden, I think if we can realize that that's the Lord doing that when we ask Him for help, I think for me, it would be easier to kind of check myself at that point and be like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> maybe some, maybe it's okay. Maybe I can lay my pride down and realize, A, I don't have it together. <laughs> I No matter how much I try to convince myself of that, by the way, that's the big deception. Um, and B, it's okay to appear vulnerable. I think we are terrified to be vulnerable in this society especially women with each other and we want people to think we're okay and that things are good and perfect and we got it handled when I don't think that's the case for hmm. at least not for me
4: all the time. Well, we're all so isolated. We've never before been so isolated culturally speaking, um, as women and mothers that we are far from family. A lot of times we're struggling to make friends and, um, I remember, uh, my husband and I, when we ha- were pregnant with our second child, we had our first, who was maybe eight or nine months, I've, I'm not sure at the time, So my husband and I, we were doing concerts to raise money for tornado victims, and this was back during the Joplin tornado and all the tornadoes in Alabama, and there was some flooding in Memphis where I lived for a while, so we took our van, we got in the car, and we rented a trailer, and we just played concerts, and all the money that we gave, uh, was to re- those relief services and there was one place where I ran out of diapers for my son and this priest who had been gathering supplies their whole church was turned into a kind of a staging ground for donations to help all these people that had lost everything um he said oh just go over there and grab a pack of those diapers and I said no I'm not gonna grab the diapers for the people that lost their house I'm just gonna run a Walgreens and he's like Please take them and don't block a blessing. And that, you know, he they forced me to take it. And for me, it was really hard to receive it only because I was like, I can't, I, I felt that by receiving some, from somebody, it was like taking from them. Whereas they're saying, let us serve you, let us bless you. And um, and when you open yourself up to that, it's not taking, it's a, it's a receiving. Um, and that can be really hard to put ourselves in a position of receiving when we are focused even on our own giving without realizing this is bringing joy to other people to serve. Um, One of the highest levels of happiness is to serve other people. Um, That's the whole gospel message. Like you'll find your joy and your happiness when you do as I have done for you, which is through serving one another, loving one another. But we have somebody that comes to clean our house and i know that sounds crazy and i used to think it was only for people that were well off that could have somebody that could come and help them with cleaning and what i realized is like this is not a, a luxury or a privilege this is a need so that i cannot be so frazzled that i'm losing my mind mm-hmm. on my kids on my husband mm-hmm. Um, this is not just me saying, like, Oh, look at me. I'm going to put my feet up and, and just sit while somebody else cleans my house. It's like, no, I, I walk around and I actually, I help her and we work together sometimes. And I, and I love that aspect of, um, just somebody there to help me because cleaning is not a gift of my husband. And I expected it to be when we first got married and I was sorely disappointed. <laughs> um, my children are not that great at it either, although I'm working with them and teaching them. But it's it's a, a thing that we have budgeted for. And we sacrificed our cell phone plan. We changed it over specifically so that we would have a little bit of room to be able to afford this cost. And I will tell you, when after she comes the next few days, I'm like, oh, praise you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I can work on some of these other things instead of going around after my messy family trying to help pull things back together
2: i'm currently um, massively pregnant and um, i have had to kind of recognize there are certain things that i really just have to let go for my sanity um and they just like this past weekend i was like okay for my sanity i need to just schedule doing stuff with other people um and not worrying about um, how the house looks and, mm-hmm. like, getting things cleaned and all that. Well, then Monday came and we were having some friends come over and I had, like, a blow-up of my kids because they weren't cleaning. Um, so it's, like, that, that letting go, like, and then it gets into the moment and I'm, like, oh, I, you know, I can't, you know, I'm wanting to still, like, have that control. And it was a friend who, she really doesn't care. <laughs> and we've seen each other, like, at our worst. And it was just that, you know, that mentality, though, of um you know like like laura said like the vulnerability and um letting others kind of see that that you don't have it all together even though i mean i am very um open that i don't have it all together i love that about you by the way
3: <laughs> you're, that's one of my favorite things about you Annie. you make everyone around you so comfortable just because you're just so willing to just be open like that and it, Yes, yeah, I'm a hot mess <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I really, it gives me the courage to say so. and, stop, and not put on some masks.
2: <laughs> but something I also do, like you're on, you know, I also noticed like that part of you—you um, you know, your need of having—you know, realizing that that's a need in your family. Um, I recognize that right right now. Like, it's not gonna be all clean, and it's just that's just the stage we are right now, but. I want it clean before we have my kids' baptism, which we have scheduled. So I scheduled somebody to come and clean the day before, because so I'm like, it's not going to happen on my hand. And so, um, and, and it's, you know, and, and I, you know, asking, it's actually a family member who I had to, you know, and asked her, please come help me in. Um, graciously, she was able to. And, um, and it's just that, 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 that just knowing that I just had to ask, and, um, this, this family is so, so willing and so, so loving to us. And, um, I really, you know, I'm sure she'll listen to this at some point. I appreciate
4: you. <laughs> awesome. Also, I just want to say if there's any women listening to this, whose kids are grown, God has always, blessed. I live far from my mom and everywhere we've moved. God has always blessed me with some older women who've been there, done that. step in and help me with my family whether that's free babysitting when she knows that my husband and I need to go out or we have an event coming up and and we're stressed about leaving the kids with a teenager for a long period of time Um, there's always been some woman that God has sent to our lives to nurture our family and to kind of accept our family as her own and I that is such a blessing so I think I know a lot of us we we don't want to inter- intervene in somebody's we don't want to intervene into somebody else's life and we don't want to be, you know, seen as controlling or whatever. But when you think of yourself as I have gifts and these people have needs, <laughs> serving them brings so much joy. And we've been the recipients of that free selfless giving, and we're so grateful because being on our own in this culture is very isolating sometimes, and it's overwhelming, and there are a lot of moms who are really suffering and thr- struggling because they don't have help or network of people.
2: That's something that I see, um, I have, well, I have several friends who are, um, in the military, and, um, and I know it's been a real struggle sometimes, like, when, you know, especially when you first have moved, you're like, no, well, you're not military, but, like, you had several misery around family um and musicians (laughs) (laughs)
4: um
2: but that's something that i actually have found from social media that's been a good thing and there's a lot of not great things about social media but there have been some um great connections made um through various mom groups so just today i was in a uh somebody had posted in a group saying hey i'm from such and such area where's everybody from let's try and connect and um there happened to be somebody who posted that's from my town and um just you know and i had actually one of my really good friends i met her that way um was just through a facebook post (laughs) and um that's something that i found like has been a blessing through social media which I know we don't always talk about the
1: pros of social media. See, and I was just thinking about the negatives of social media this entire time. uh, Because I was, I used to be on Facebook quite a bit. And for me, it was like, you know, I got to comment with people and kind of like, you know, more text message with people back and forth. uh, Which was nice. But then I didn't really take the opportunity to like, actually reach out to people in real life. So it was this very superficial kind of connection that I had with people. And so right before Lent, I decided to get rid of my Facebook. And for a little bit there, I still didn't reach out. But eventually, you know, you have to have those connections. So I started reaching out more and I've been doing that more. And I personally, I love not having my Facebook. I recently got on a little bit more, but I'm, you know, trying to have some self-control with that. So it's nice. But um, I think it's great that you found like a good avenue of doing that. I'm, I'm so introverted, though, and a nervous wreck when it comes to social
2: Anything. That's one of the ways I collect my
0: introverts is <laughs> I like that you brought up groups because I think, you know, there was a time when I was home with my children and all my friends were, you know, we were in central Oklahoma. And so all my friends were in Tulsa because it was right after college or a couple of years after college. So, and most of those people live in Tulsa there's some in Kansas and then just around, but nobody was here. That was also the time I was struggling with postpartum depression after the birth of my second child. And then I went back to work. I ended up going back to to work. And um, when I I were thinking about homeschooling again, I didn't know if I could do it because I was like, (laughs) it was really hard staying home the last time. But this time, what was different is that I had several different groups. Like I had, I had two Catholic loans groups. One was Annie's Yukon, and then the other was another friends in Stillwater. And then um, I'd made some friends here in Guthrie. Um, there's a, a, a social group here in Guthrie that gets together. It, it's made a big, big difference to be able to say, hey, do you want to go to the park today, or something with somebody instead of I don't know what to do because I'm stuck at home with my kids and they're driving me crazy. And um, a lot of that came back up with COVID. And you guys were talking about you know having somebody come in and clean your house, or not. well, I ended up hiring somebody to come in once a week to spend two hours with my kids so I could run away for a little bit because I'm very much somebody who needs quiet. Time where nobody is touching me or you know i would go for a walk like i'd get in the literally car dri- i would literally <laughs> run away. i would i would get in the car and drive to a different location i wouldn't walk here because you know the kids would come out mom but um i drove and i would sit in the car for a little bit once i got to the park then i would walk a mile two miles depending on the time get back in my car take about 10 minutes check my facebook Sitting in the car, nobody's talking to me, nobody's bothering me, nobody's touching me. And then I would drive home and sometimes pick up a Sonic drink on the way home. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that made a big difference. I don't think it's, you know, sometimes I feel weird like, yeah, I, I, hire, I hire somebody to come in and watch my kids two hours every week. When I can't even hire somebody to watch my kids for my husband and I to go out on a date night, which yeah. is also important. But, um, but that was something I really needed for our whole family mental health. And I know that sounds weird, that me getting away for two hours is important to our whole family. But we are all connected, which is why it takes a village to, to – we say to raise kids. But I don't think it's just to raise kids. It takes a village for us to all sur- succeed and survive and grow in this life. Um, I need somebody to help me have my downtime because you know we're just now weaning my my youngest, and so like I am literally being touched all day. Like either kids are needing me for something, even sleeping, I'm t- you know I'm, he's sleeping next to me or, or he's I'm being touched. So I need some time where I'm not being touched, not being around somebody calling mom. Well, I love the name mom. I can, some days it gets really, can you call me something else? Right. <laughs> call me, <laughs> call me Janet today, just something different.
4: Yeah, like, <laughs> I think too, like we're talking about the practical things and I think mm-hmm. we have to dissociate from our deepest needs can only be filled by God. And, yes. and if we can just start with that understanding, our deepest needs can only be filled by God. They're not going to be filled by any other relationship in our lives, including our spouses. Um, that's, going to be filled by God, then we can kind of free ourselves from this attaching our identity to the practical things that we need help with. Mm-hmm. You know, when my husband was working and I was at home, I, I was like, you have a janitor, you have a secretary, you have other people that are guiding and helping you in all day long in your place of, of work. I need some practical help. Mm-hmm. And so we have lined up some things, some practical things, mm-hmm. dissociated from my identity, mm-hmm. but starting to see my home as like, This is what I manage. My relationships are my identity. My faith in God fulfills those needs. That is
3: so important. What a distinction. This is who I am. This is what I manage. Those are two different things. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know we can't easily divorce those things in the spiritual life, but I think that so like deep down we all want to be the perfect wife and mom like I don't think there's any woman that really doesn't want that this you know they, they want to be and, and if you uncover that it gets a little a little dirtier I want to be perfect I want to be perfect I want to be perfect that is that is not god's will it is not God's will that we are completely self- sufficient never making mistakes that's not how we were designed so then we uncover the root of pride that's underneath that you know like it's like you said we have to i had a similar awakening as you did with that like wait a minute if my child was coming to me saying over and over again that there's this thing that's causing division between her and her brother they're fighting about it it's caught making her tense or something about her room or something about her school was really bothering her and it was making her hard to concentrate, okay? Um, I would do what I could do as a mother to help her mitigate that, to come up with a practical solution, maybe to take it off her plate completely, to rearrange something. So why was I being so harsh with myself about the exact same stuff? Right. You know, like, here I am. I have this need in my life. Yes, it's a legitimate need and it's making me mean because it's not getting met. It's a practical right. thing yeah. that's causing me to behave in such a way that I don't I don't want to be that person to my family. I don't want to resent my husband. I don't want to be mad at my sweet kids over something that really none of us can handle on our own.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We
3: need help. And if it was my kid or my husband, what's the first thing I would do? I would jump to help because that's what we do. So you start jumping to help yourself like mm-hmm. you did and like so many of us have done. Like We're figuring out you're kind of a person that needs dignity and help, and you're you're worthy of being paid attention to as well. The stuff that's stressing you out matters. And it's like you said, when you take your identity out of it, this is who I am in Christ. This is what I need from Him. And then here's the stuff that I need too. It's a lot easier to say yes to the help. because, And that goes not just for like getting your house thing, but just people that want to help you, you know? Why do we bristle when someone says, oh, your kid's having a hard time? Or, you know, why do we bristle when someone, I don't know. Like, it's just, you know, y'all are women. You know what you do. And someone <laughs> like, you know what we do. When someone might possibly suggest that something in our home or something they've witnessed may be amiss. And not in a mean way, but just, you know,
4: just something I can help with. Let me not <laughs> read between the lines. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> Well, you say that, and I think about these shoes. My we somebody anonymously gifted my kids some shoes because they would never wear the shoes that didn't have holes in them, even though oh, they had yes. them. So many like And this. so, and I was grateful that they were they loved our family enough to want to help. But I also was very like. Not at them, but more at my kids. like, people think that we don't buy you shoes. Yeah, um, you exactly. Know? And, and <laughs> ben, I shouldn't even have thought that because why can't I just accept the gift graciously, if that makes any sense? Now I think that's like the root was like, why can't we just accept the gifts graciously? I know um, there was something I knew once that, you know, John the Baptist, I think, says, I try and make myself... Diminish myself so that he could be more. I think that was. I don't know the exact line, but he's talking about making himself less Mm to make Jesus more. And I know a lot of people who take that so much where they don't even want you to like. They don't want you to surprise them with anything like gracious. They don't want thank you cards, and that always gets to me because I'm like, I under there's a there's a that's where that comes in is you're not supposed to be prideful about the things that you do. But if God has somebody that has on their heart that they want to thank you a certain way, you should allow them to thank you that way, even if it makes you feel a little embarrassed because, you know, I don't take compliments very well. I had a, a friend of mine today even sat right here at this table and told me how much patience I had for for things. And I just looked at her like, what? <laughs> it's really hard sometimes to take a compliment, but Sometimes God puts those compliments on people's hearts because, like I think Noel was saying, that it's a joy to serve somebody else, and sometimes that compliment is the only thing they have to serve you. If that makes any sense, and we can't say I don't want the thank you cards or I don't want you to do a surprise party for me because you don't want the focus to be on you. Well, maybe the focus isn't necessarily on you; it's on the generosity that people have for you does that make sense Mm -hmm. like and you need to allow god to work through them in that way because making yourself less is not being prideful about the things that you do it's not not accepting gratitude
1: well because pride comes in a couple different comes in different forms it comes when we are thinking the highest of ourselves, but also when we are thinking the lowest of ourselves, mm-hmm. because it is both inward thinking. We're thinking mm-hmm. about only ourselves, really, uh, when it comes down to it. And I, I think it really needs to be um, hit home, like, and really talked about, uh, that, you know, pride in many ways is kind of like the ultimate sin. Like, it's kind of the it's foundational sin. And yes. I can't remember who said it. It was said that there's nobody in hell... Who has humility and there's nobody in heaven who has pride and when I heard that I was like oh crap <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in trouble and I mean it really is I think that's serious like mm-hmm. you know it's we have to humble ourselves and you know I think oftentimes like you were talking about Stacey I've been there too where I feel guilty if anybody helps me but what really what it comes down to I think is for me is that I, like we were talking about, I want to be able to do it by myself. And if I allow these people to help me, like I'm imposing on them. And also I'm admitting that I can't do it. You know, if, if we don't rid ourselves of that and humble ourselves, then I think that, you know, that's real, that's, that's a block between us and God. And I've been reading uh, Mother Teresa lately, the no greater love. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. She is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love her. And she was talking in there about how it is that we grow in humility, being silent with God and how that humbles us because it takes humility in order to be silent with ourselves because we have to learn to be comfortable with who we are and to address kind of those demons that we struggle with every day. And, you know, we need to be, to have quiet around us just to be quiet in the presence of God. And allow him to speak to us and open up our hearts so that he can tell us, like, you know, these are the things that, you know, I want to carve out of you so that I can make that room in you to fill you with my love. Yeah, so I think that really, that really hit home with me when I heard that quote, because, yeah, I just think that's, that's kind of the foundation of it is learning how to let go of that pride in the many forms that it comes in and that's that's a lifelong process obviously but i think that you know it's not one that can wait like you've got to start now i think
3: silence too is important because not only does god want to tell you what he needs to do in you he also wants to tell you what he loves about you and that's happened to me there was one and this is coming to my mind right now that you mentioned that that i want to share There was this time where I had one of those mom days where it was not good. Like, it was epic fail. Mom lost her temper all day long, just all kinds of, and I just, I came to my prayer time completely defeated, and I felt so full of guilt and just so low, and I started to tell him about that. And just how I was like, I just, it's days like this that I just question everything. How can I be a teacher about being a merciful mom and blah, 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 blah. And I just started berating myself in the presence of God, the ultimate spiritual pride. And like, all of a sudden I just stopped and all of these sweet memories started rushing in of all the ways that day that I hadn't failed. It was almost like he was showing them to me. And in fact, I know that he was. One after the, the other where I made time for connections or I did something that was kind that no one saw. And it was like he showed me all of those things as if to say, I see you, you know, and this is what you're doing right. And it's OK. and You're not a failure. And it, it really took me by surprise because I just wasn't there. I wasn't in that mentality. I was ready to just come with a contrite heart, you know, <laughs> and like. Just do what I'd be a Catholic about it, you know, <laughs> and, like be all solemn and somber. And he was not in the business of that that night. He wanted to pour his love out. And uh, it just really took me by surprise. It was like this cold wind and yeah. my heated up furnace of gross, yucky feelings. And it felt so good. And I think that, I think that, yeah, being silent before the Lord allows us to to realize what we are in in, in the face of what he is and to kind of right our ship a little bit. Either way, whether we're being down on ourselves and hiding all of our, you know, ugly spots from the people that we're trying to make a village with or when we're a little too prideful and a little too happy about the way that we've done things. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Silence is the equalizer. Mm Well,
0: and while you guys were talking about silence, I started thinking about A lot of times when we long for something, usually there, God is somewhere, and like Mm -hmm. it's really a longing for something with God. And while you guys were talking about that, I was like sitting here thinking back about how I talked about how I didn't want to be touched, I want to be left alone. I noticed that I get that worked up on days where my prayer time got pushed aside, Mm -hmm. or you know, there's been a whole week of my prayer. You know, I try to wake up early, and the kids wake up early, so I don't get that silence with God, and then I try stay up late but then the baby stays up late i didn't get that prayer time with god and i think that sometimes when we get worked up like noelle said god's the only thing that can fill us i think when we start feeling that, that way we need to look have i prayed lately have i sat in silence with god and then how many times today was there somebody that was willing to help me that i didn't let them help me just like do kind of examine a conscience Did i pray today And did I, you know, accept graciously gifts that were presented to me today or did I push them Mm -hmm. off? And and not to feel guilty about doing that, more as a learning tool. That Next time, maybe I should say yes to the help. Maybe I should say yes to someone wanting to take the kids for a little bit or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be or to hold the door open for me.
1: Well, Um, and I also think that it takes sacrifice because I don't know about you guys but like I told myself again and again that I was gonna get up in the mornings and I was gonna have prayer time and that's how I was gonna start my day but I wake up in the morning and I'm snuggled up with my little one and he's making me sleepy and I'm like oh the sleep sounds better and so I sleep <laughs> and then I have moments where I wake up in the morning and it seems to always be that way that you, first time first couple of times that you wake up in the morning early the kids wake up with you and you're like ah, oh, like You know, is it worth it? But what I've come to learn is that I think what God is doing in those times when I've had those those times, he's allowing that to happen, I think, because he wants to see what I'm going to do. Am I going to persevere in that sacrifice and allowing, like, you know, still making that effort to wake up early, even though my kids are waking up? Or am I just going to give up and put him to the side because it's too hard? And the same goes with, you know, but, you know allowing people to help am i going to sacrifice my pride for a moment and you know allow people to help me allow people in or am i going to put my hot pride above god above my love for god and choose myself instead
2: um this past lent plus um i did a magnify 90 which is like one of the female versions of exodus it. so 90 except for we get to keep hot showers um <laughs> <laughs> you know one of things, but um you know, part of it, there's, you know, there's different ratings and reflections and stuff, but part of it is also giving certain things up. And, um, and really it's kind of like one of the reflections talking about how, what, what are these things that we're giving that I was giving up? It's not just because, um, just to make life hard, but it's like, what trying to find, what am I using as an escape? Like when I'm frustrated with my kids and just like at my wits end, a lot of times I would go to the garage and like, eat chocolate in, in peace. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in, I had my head in the stash. Um, but uh, realizing that, like, that's not, like, I mean, it's okay to have the occasional chocolate when you're, you know. That, you know, using that as an escape as opposed to bringing those issues to God. And, um, and so, like, refocusing what I was doing is like realizing which of these things, you know, can I stop, you know, are those centers, like you said, Alicia, like getting up a little bit earlier or, um, with, you know, if I'm scrolling on Facebook, like, or on my phone doing something, you know, what I should, you know, I could be spending more time in prayer and like, what am I filling my time with in that? And, um, and it was really kind of like opening to me just that self-reflection of, um, Am I using these, am I doing these things because of, you know, for the, for, for the greater glory of God, or am I doing these things that has an escape from everything else? I just wanted to add maybe
4: kind of going back to that whole, what we perceive people really mean when they offer us help. I, I think that that is a twisting of charity, a twisting of love. Like in the same way when, when somebody says, I, I love you, and you're thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't be loved. And when somebody says, can I bring you dinner? And I, first of all, I know that I am a terrible cook. I make cakes that are look inappropriate. Like that. <laughs> there's a story and if we ever be in person, I will share it with you in a picture. Um, but I know that cooking is not my gift, but somebody isn't necessarily saying, hey, or maybe they are saying like, listen, I know that this is not a strength of yours, but it's strength of mine. Let me share my gift with you. I, I think we need to pray really hard against just simply saying, in the name of Jesus, may I not read between the lines. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. I have to tell a story I know well. We all met together <laughs> this past um, bit ago for a, um, for a cookout. And um, my two-year-old uh, drank way too much Capri eh. and uh, vomited all over me. And Noel just like took the shirt off of her back.
1: I had was, a shirt on underneath.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> was like, here, let me let me give this to you. And like you need, you know. And it was just, um, you know, everybody, you know, accepting. Like, hey, okay, I'll take your shirt. <laughs> Sorry that it was sweaty. I was after we done. My I was here's a shirt. No. Oh, did she, even want this? Oh, oh, she it was so much wrote. better than having up on me, trust me. <laughs> and then Stacey gave me some pants, not one she was wearing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we all just started giving you our clothes. The cookout was at my house, so I just had extra pants about. So yes. But but just
2: that that having that community and being like able to just share with each other and you know, say, here, you're seeing a need and saying, this is something I can do for you. It's not very big, but it's a shirt. you know." <laughs>
4: okay. It's not. It was kind of big. I think it was a larger. I'm just, kidding.
2: <laughs> just kidding. It worked. I'm pregnant. It, it worked.
0: <laughs> I also think that part of, um, we've talked a lot about accepting when people want to help you. Um, I think another part is is asking for help. And I think we've talked about this in the previous podcast, or maybe it was touched upon, but we're allowed to ask for help too. And that took me a long time to realize Like, you are allowed to say, Hey, I'm really overwhelmed right now. Is there anybody who can help me? You know, can you watch the kids tonight for an hour so I can go do this? Or, um, my, you know, my washer broke down. Is there anybody who has one that I can borrow tonight so I we have clean clothes tomorrow? You know, it's it's okay to ask for help too. Um, I think that that's another thing in our society that we're really bad at. That I have tried to stop being bad at. I'm still bad at it, but I try really hard nowadays. To so I'll post on Facebook if and I have friends. that's like, why did you post that on Facebook? You know, you could have just ask me. <laughs> just like. Well, I did, but I didn't want to put them out, like or I didn't want, like they're the people that I always go to over and over and over again. I'm like, I don't want them to think that I only see them when I need somebody to watch my kids. If that makes any sense, like I don't. But I wanted to see if there's anybody else so that I'm not always asking you. But if you want me to just ask you, I will. Yeah, it <laughs> but also models authenticity
3: yeah. and, and vulnerability mm-hmm. for other women. So you, like I said with mm-hmm. anyone. You know we joke about this, but when you model vulnerability when you say i'm willing to put myself out there and be like i need some help you're opening up a a place for the holy spirit to move somebody who maybe hasn't helped you before but you're also telling other women who are always watching you which were always watching each other
4: this is okay to do you know when we had Just recently, I posted in a Catholic moms group, a local one to where I live, to see if I could find a workout buddy. And I was basically like, I'm a loser who has no accountability, ability to be self-disciplined, unless I have somebody who's going to come and meet me. And a few days passed, and nobody responded. And then this lady commented, was like, well, I can't work out at 6 a.m., but I could do 5 a.m., and I was like, let's do it. And she's come the last couple days. She is great. And I love it. She lives just, you know, a couple miles away. So it's real quick and easy for her to get over here to my house. And I, and it was, I was nervous about putting this out there. Like I cannot get going on my own. I need somebody who can come and help me. And, um, it's been awesome. So if the Lord kind of continues to push us in a direction of like, you know, you need help, maybe you're also going to build a relationship from that, or maybe somebody else needs help and you can help each other.
2: We've talked a lot about like women and, you know, our situations where we're all, you know, moms and dealing with kids and struggling and asking for help. But uh, I feel like another group, you know, people that need to be, you know, women that need to be talked about, or just people in general are uh, the elderly in our community. I remember when my, when my dad passed away, And my, he was an only child and my grandma, um, was living alone and she had, um, she had a really good friend in her neighbor who, um, who had just kind of attached herself to her long time before that, but they, you know, she became, um, she was the one who would take her to doctor's appointments, you know, whenever I, you know, I, I was able to as well, but at that point, um, like I started, that's when I um, became, I guess, right after my dad passed away. I was pregnant with my first, and so I wasn't able to all the time. Um, and so, you know, seeing, you know, having, um, having that friend and, and that neighbor, um, you know, it was, there were, there was, you know, humbling for her as well, because she had to, you know, accept that she couldn't do those things. When it got to a point where she really couldn't live by herself anymore, and I had to help her move into an assisted living, and we we tried to I tried to have her come live at our house, um, and she didn't like it because uh, she thought my husband and his brothers were too tall and scary. <laughs> like she loves my husband, but they were all really tall, and she was very short, and it just made her nervous. All these tall men. <laughs> um, but she um, she moved into an assisted living, and just we talk about like giving up that uh, you know having to sacrifice our pride. Um, as moms, but when we think about those in the elderly, the the vulnerable of um, giving up that the control, not because you realize that, well, at this this is a stage where I I need because I have you know all these kids, but I'll get out of there. But to lose that control due to age or illness, I think it's very important as a community that we really. Look for the people who need help. Yeah, That's I think
0: I—I I mean, right now with COVID, a lot. Of, I'm pretty. Sure, I think the nursing homes are still pretty tight on their visiting, but there's a lot of homebound, still too. I—I I don't know if this is possible, but I think it'd be really good if there was a committee at a at any all the churches who like actually went through the rosters of who's, who are parishioners, and be like, I, don't know, I haven't seen this person in a while, and go and check up on them, like physically go. Like I know that my mother has not gone to church in a while because she has a chronic cough, and she's embarrassed by her cough. Mm-hmm. But there's been nobody from the church who's come to check to see if she's okay. I think a lot of times we, we forget, like you said, about the older parishioners and the older people of the church, and the ones who can't come to Mass. And, and a lot of times it's their families that have to advocate for them to even have somebody to bring them Eucharist. and um, But I think it would be really good if people looked for parishioners in their churches that haven't been there for a while. I mean, if they're signed up, I mean, maybe they moved. But it's easier. It's better to know, than not know. I think people feel more welcomed if people are checking on them. I mean, they might not accept your help that you checked and the seed was planted.
2: This is also your reminder to call your grandma, your grandpa, Because <laughs> I know, I know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll go for a while without, you know, having talked to, um, different relatives and, um, and when we, you know, I call, they're like, well, nobody calls me. <laughs> and, um, that, you know, just that community, even just like, even if it's a phone call and, um, and not, you know, going to visit, Either you know, different people and helping as, you know, as much as, you know, what you can, um, I think is important, but I guess, I mean, I know I'm at different stages where I can't, you know, pick up and take all my kids over yeah.
1: um,
2: to different um, people's houses, but um, but just, you know, talking on the phone, you know, there's that little bit of community and saying, what do you need help with? Who can we bring in to help? Like Stacey said, from the, you know, either there may be a committee or somebody from the church or, you um, And I know there's also a lot of um, uh, disabled, uh, you know, adults in general, like who are stuck at home, especially right now, you know, with COVID Mm -hmm. not being able to go in. Um, uh, We have a relative who is who's younger and she she can't drive and she's at home and she can't, you know, because of her her health issues. And it's been a really rough year for her and, you know, trying to find ways that we can
4: help each other. Um, That's a really good point too about the elderly because if we cannot joyfully accept the help and service of others when we are capable of doing something else ourselves and how much more resentful and bitter would we be when we if we get to a point where we can't do things ourselves and people are offering to help well
0: and i know you were talking about not being able to go but you know our, our parish church or our parish school when it was open um one of the things that I really loved that we had our students do, pair the, the students up with a homebound parishioner or an elderly parishioner, and they did—they were pen pals with them. And so they didn't necessarily always get to meet their grand friend, is what we called them, but um, they got to write them. And sometimes their grand friends were too sick to write them back. But every month, the kids wrote them letters. So I, even if the grant, if the elderly parishioner wasn't able to um, write back, then they were still receiving letters from the from the kids. There was still a connection there. They were still getting, you know, the kids to tell them what they were learning in school, but about the weather, their favorite things. They draw pictures for them, and and not all of them were homebound, and not all of them were elderly. Some of them were just older parishioners. Um, and then we'd have like a grand friend day where they got to, some of them were able to come and go to mass with the kids and things but if so be if not going to their house and doing something for them or with them is an option maybe having one of your kids like maybe having younger kids or even yourself be a pen pal to them at least gives them that extra connection back to the church and the outside world in general so to kind of wrap things up We need to—it really takes a village. It takes all of us working together. We're all connected, um, and we all have gifts that God's given us to share with others. And when somebody tries to share their gifts with us, we should try to gratefully accept those gifts. And um, we're we're talking about all of us—new moms, moms that have kids that are a little bit older, kids that are gone— Women without children, people who are homebound, people who um, have maybe some disabilities that and, or even um, autoimmune disorders that are keeping them home home right now because of COVID. And it takes all of us to keep us connected. And um, like we've said in several other podcasts before, we're all on a journey and we're all here to walk with each other. So... Let us walk with each other and help each other get closer to Jesus. And don't be afraid to ask somebody to walk with you. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, Coffee and Catholics crew. You might remember that back in January, we did an interview with Dolores from the Rose Home and Willow Pregnancy Support. Well, if you are local to Oklahoma we have some exciting news for you. We are going to be giving away four tickets to the Rose Home Garden Party that is on May 27th from 1130 to 30. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking two lucky listeners to get two seats each. So... Two listeners are going to win two seats to the Rose Home Garden Party. Now, how do I win? You might be asking yourself. First, you might join our Facebook group. So we have a business page and then we have a Facebook group. Right. So the business page is Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. And the group is just Coffee and Catholics. So you can like our business page and then go join our group. There, you will find a post about this giveaway. And if you like and share the post, you get one entry into our drawing. You will also find on our Facebook page a fundraiser for Willow Pregnancy Support. When you go to that fundraiser, For every $5 that you donate to Willow Pregnancy Support, you will earn five entries into our drawing. So you can get one entry for liking and sharing the posts, and or you can get five entries for every $5 you donate through our fundraiser to Willow Pregnancy Support. So again, We are giving away four seats to two lucky winners. They'll get two seats each to the Rose Home Garden Party that is on May 27th. Please join us again in two weeks when we talk about Mary and the Holy Spirit. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.